Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It was very, very exciting news indeed uh, when we heard that um, right here in Bridgeport, a beautiful building, uh, which is all about P.T. Barnum, was going to become a national landmark. We are going to be chatting with Kathleen Marr, who made this all happen. But first, I want you to hear a clip from the great P.T. Barnum himself. That was a little bit of the clip from the great man himself who had such a huge impact on not only Bridgeport, Connecticut, but on our imaginations. Uh, P.T. Barnum, a sucker born every minute, the founder of the Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey Circus, an iconic American story. Uh, Kathleen Marr, welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show. Hello. Welcome. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. What an honor it is to be on your program. Well, it really is fun for me. I heard that you personally have been the driving force behind this historic landmark designation of the Barnum Museum. I, yeah, I suppose that that is true. I don't know if it's just I got no quit in me or I'm just crazy enough to believe so deeply in the Barnum Museum for this community that there was just no, no stopping. We had to get it done. I, I just love it. So first of all, tell us the significance of being a landmark. Why is this such a big deal? So, so the National Park Services created a, um, a, like the National Register of Historic Places back in the 1960s. Um, and it was really to recognize the most significant American sites, whether they were in small communities or large cities. Um, and in 1972, the, the register rolled out and just so many places throughout Connecticut, throughout the United States were put on the register of historic places. But then a hierarchy was created that really recognized 
the varying differences of the significance. So you could be locally or state recognized or nationally recognized. The national recognition comes with very serious criteria. You have to be able to prove uh, unequivocally that you your site in some capacity, whether it's the architecture or the person associated or an event that took place, transformed American history in some way or another. Oh, so, there, wow. yeah, there's only about 2,600 in the country, National wow. Historic Landmarks. Yeah, so and it's a when, very and when it's a And when it's a landmark, does it get any federal funding to sustain it? Yes. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah. Yes, um, when you become a National Historic Landmark, it opens you up um, to a program called Save America's Treasures, uh, we actually just received a Save America's Treasures grant as well to help with our restoration. We didn't have this final vote um, and signature by the Secretary of the Interior. All this, by the way, is governed under the Department of the Interior. Um, but because we were in the queue, they were like, yes, you've demonstrated national significance enough. You put in a good application. We're going to fund it. So that was a half a million dollar grant that we received. So we'll have the opportunity to continue to apply for those types of uh, funding streams that are only for nationally significant sites. And so now let's make the argument, Kathleen Marr. So tell us the argument. What is the argument? Why is this a nationally significant site? So for, for a number of factors, the, the, the most obvious, uh, for those that are listening that are familiar with the iconic Barnum Museum, the architecture is magnificent. Uh, the building was completed in 1893. Sadly, Barnum did not live to see it completed. Uh, it was built as the Barnum Institute of Science and History. A lot of people think it's a circus museum. And by the way, Barnum was dead for 28 years before the Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey was created. Oh. He was the Barnum and Bailey greatest show on earth. And he never said a sucker born every minute. It's a great story, but he didn't say it. He um, didn't say it? I thought he said Who no. said it? Did W.C. Fields uh, say it? Who said it? Somebody said <laughs> it. No, long before him, in the 1860s, it was associated to a hilarious exhibition called The Cardiff Giant that Barnum had nothing to do with until the very end. Um, oh. But it was a gentleman from Syracuse, a banker named uh, David Hannum, who actually said it, and it stuck on Barnum. Okay. But it's, okay. It's, a, it's a good story. Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, but because we're still talking about Barnum, really kind of demonstrates the fact that he's still relevant in culture today. So mm. he is recognized, ready for this, by the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions, which is a global network for the attractions industry. Museums are attractions, okay. as are parks, okay. as, the, as the founder of the attractions industry. So long before really? Walt Disney. So he is in the Hall of Fame with Walt Disney and Milton Hershey and extraordinary uh, people, you know, a global world of people who really influenced the attractions industry. And it's not with his circus. It's with his American Museum in Lower Manhattan that he opened on New Year's Day in 1842. And that was the first major public hub open to everybody. And it again, it had nothing... Decades before the circus, Barnum was a museum man. It was the first aquarium in this country. So in a way, Connecticut owns aquariums. Yes, it was the first aquarium. Barnum saw the aquariums in England, and he was like, we got to do this. And they had tanks in the basement of the American Museum, 1856. 
So we're very good friends with our, you know, Norwalk Aquarium as well as our zoo. So, I mean, all of this, um, you know, popular culture that we understand today really can be rooted back to Barnum in so many different, in so many different uh, categories and classifications, the museum industries, the science centers. But he was also an influential um, voice in politics during, during the American Civil War. He's the author of the Amendment to Expand Citizenship in the state of Connecticut. He was a state legislator, for, first for Fairfield. He owned a lot of property and then for Bridgeport. Um, but he, he actually authored the amendment to expand citizenship in the state of Connecticut. Um, he was the mayor of Bridgeport. One-year terms back then, um, mm. but his influences are great. He was an extraordinary philanthropist. Uh, he developed East of Bridgeport as well, bringing in industries, but not only just bringing in companies, making sure that the cultures of the immigrant populations were being represented that were sustaining the industries. And that's why Bridgeport is, you know, has such an extraordinary industrial history. It was Barnum who was the architect of bringing the companies together, but making sure people had parks and churches and schools and the hospitals and clean water. So these things were not just for the wealthy and the educated and the elite. It was for everybody. So uh, he's, he's an extraordinary American story, far beyond what the 20th century has created. He dies in 1891. Mm-hmm. People don't realize how early. He's born in 1810 in Bethel. So, I mean, like, Napoleon is still a current issue wow. <laughs> in the papers. In Bethel, That's Connecticut? Founding. That's where he was born, Bethel, Kathleen Connecticut. He was, wow. Yes. He was born in Bethel and, uh, and and that early in history. So he saw a lot. And he was a, a scholar actually said to me he had to have been a time traveler. How did he know so much? How did he understand mm. the temperature of you know, the people at that time and was fearlessly able to rebound from multiple failures and transform and come out better. You know, it was the Phoenix rising from the Astros was a con illustration of him, that he was amazing at, um, you know, inspiring curiosity in people come make your own decision, which was very democratic during, during like the early part of the 19th. So how did he make the fortune that enabled him to be the philanthropist that he was? It was really his American museum. Everything went back to the American museum in New York city. So it was way downtown around the wall street area. And then he brought in exhibitions. One of his biggest um, money makers was bringing in the color tour of soprano, Jenny Lind, Yes, there was no such story. thing as opera in this country. He actually opened uh, what was coined the first um, Metropolitan Opera House. Wow. <laughs> they built the building for opera because nobody knew what it was. So he introduced that form of entertainment to all Americans, not just I'm people think, who are I'm familiar. I'm thinking of you, Jackman, in The Greatest Show on Earth, right? Yes. That. That's yeah. a beautiful well, we, 20th or 21st century incarnation of P.T. Barnum and his magic, don't you think? And and historically all wrong. <laughs> of course, I'm sure. Listen, it, but when you watch it, you know that. I mean, when you oh. watch it, you don't. I mean, it's just a, a fun pop story with some great songs that were written, incidentally, by the Connecticut, by Justin Paul, yes. Pasek and Paul. And, you know, Justin yes. Paul, he went to Staples, Staples High School. So anyway, and you uh, and you nailed it. You absolutely nailed it. And that, that's exactly what Barnum would have wanted. They used to take an old truth and turn it into an attractive form. That was exactly. Barnum's definition of humbug. And that's exactly what the movie did. They, they took his story and they made it modern. 
They did. They made it modern. Kathleen Marr, what kind of a family man or not was P.T. Barnum in his private life? He, you know, back then it wasn't really customary to really talk in depth about your about your family. So we, over the years, over the decades, really have uh, extracted bits and pieces of information from different letters that he wrote, copybooks, and a lot of it we have on a YouTube channel that folks can go to. But he was married uh, for many, many years to his childhood sweetheart, uh, Charity. Okay. They they met as teenagers, um, and they had four daughters. Um, one died at two years old, not unusual. You know, uh, infant mortality was very high in the 19th century. And um, in, he traveled so much. We try to explore charity um, and and her challenges with that kind of lifestyle. I mean, we, you know, when we think about it, it's like, well, you know, you're going to travel to England. You're there in like five, six hours, right? It was weeks to get there. Yes, so they were aware of the length of time that they would be away. But he writes very beautifully about charity. She dies before, uh, long before he does. She dies in the 1870s. And Barnum remarries uh, a woman, uh, the daughter of a, of a friend that, that he knew was about 40 years younger, but also not totally uncommon, um, you know, in, in the 19th century to have that. And then or he today. had a long relationship with her. Yeah. And they lived in Bridgeport. You know, they lived, they lived here. So Nancy Fish, Barnum okay. was her name. And she donated a lot of materials to the current museum after he died. A lot of uh, – he donated – items uh for the historical society but then nancy also died but she wound up going back to england later on there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. We're chatting about PT Barnum, the life and the magnificence of the building. Uh, now, that building, now correct me if I'm wrong, Kathleen Marr, but the building is not yet open to the public, or is it? No. So some of your listeners might know. So in 2010, we were like ground zero for the EF1 tornado. Um, and there before the grace of God, the building didn't collapse. Uh, and this wow. is one of the reasons why it took so long for us to get national landmark designation. Um, and talk about a scramble. I mean, five-year fight with insurance companies. Usually when any museum on the planet goes through a major re-envisioning, you're doing all of this behind closed doors. So the public has no idea, you know, how long it takes to plan and raise money and put all the pieces together. Um, we've been doing it in the fishbowl. 
so after that, we saved, incidentally, about 20,000 artifacts that were in harm's way. We only lost wow. one object. Wow. Uh, the year after the tornado, it was super so- uh, No, the year after the tornado was Hurricane Irene, Irene which, which compounded really damage. Something. Oh, yeah. It, that was yeah. something. And then Superstorm Sandy. We had a massive puff back in the gallery where we moved all the artifacts. We had to go through it all over again. Oh, so no. it was those Oh, my God. It's it's just been one thing after the next to, to combat. It's not been an easy ride. Um, but raising the money, you know, we've been fixing the building as we receive chunks. The State Historic Preservation Office, uh, we received a number of grants to stabilize the east wall, which did not collapse. We've saved it. We stabilized the inside of the dome. There's been a ton of work happening inside that nobody knows, you know, is, is known about um, because it's been inside. But we did receive, with the help of our incredible uh, state delegation, a $6.9 million bonding appropriation to really fix the exterior. And that's the work we have going on now. So it's, even though we opened a modern gallery to the public after Superstorm Sandy in 2012, we were open all the way to COVID. We would have you know, close to 10,000 people come into the gallery mm-hmm. so we could tell the stories and have programs and see you know, the artifacts that were on visible storage. Uh, but when COVID hit, of course, we couldn't be open. And then with the construction happening, it's just, it's, you know, it's a safety issue. We can't put anybody in harm's way when you're an active construction site like ours. So we created a really good YouTube channel. I encourage everybody to click onto the Barnum Museum YouTube channel. And we just recently won an Emmy for one of our programs. Wow. So, so but, <laughs> but, but I obviously you want people to be walking in the museum at some point. What, yes. What is your estimated opening yes. time? When so we're still raising the money. I mean, this is where we are right oh. now. We're, like I said, we've been raising it in chunks and doing what we can. We're hoping for, uh, to receive a grant now to take our interpretive master plan and turn that into documents, biddable documents, so we could design the inside, you know, get that going. But we're definitely a few years out. So if anybody, I don't want to, to do a platform speech on, on your show, but we're still raising money and we certainly could use the help. Okay. Yeah. By the way, I'm looking at the picture. There appears to be a white commercial building that literally backs up against the yes. building. What? Why? What was that about? So, Who allowed that to no, happen? No, well, no, not me. That was before my time because I would have duct taped myself to the historic building I if, if I was would. around at that point. Um, so in the 1980s, People's Bank, which doesn't exist anymore, um, decided that they wanted to build a major corporate headquarters here in Bridgeport, which is wonderful. But yeah. they brought in the architect, Richard Meyer, and his ego. And the plan was, Lisa, to knock the Barnum building down. Really? Okay. That was the plan. The plan was to knock the Barnum building down. It was in the way of what he wanted to create. And the community, this community, Bridgeport community, stepped in and were like, absolutely not. The National Parks, because it was still at that time on the National Register of Historic Places, stepped in too. And they said, no. So they said, you have to build around it. And he said, okay, fine, we'll build around it, but we have to whitewash it. And they said, no. Wow. wow. <laughs> so you were going to whitewash the brick? Oh, my God. Right. The terracotta, the freezer. Oh so, um, so the Border Museum has... It has always been a battleground. Uh, you know, it's always been fighting for its existence. And I just so happen to be the current crusader, you know, okay. to keep the vision going. But um, and and uh, and honestly, a lot of the damage that we're having right now 
were because they didn't fix the Barnum building in the 1980s. So they did things that we have to go. There were concealed deficiencies, and we have to go back, and we have to fix that, too. So people say, well, just fix what the tornado did. And it was like, that's not how it works. But he couldn't and leave because, a little breathing space in between, huh? No, and, and that's one of our issues right now. How do we get an elevator, you know, to bring guests up to the sure. third floor? Sure. You know, to, so that is where we have an extraordinary team of um, historic preservation architects and, you know, our local architects and engineers and mechanical minds. And our exhibition designers uh, are, are incredible. A lot of them are former Disney Imagineers. Um, too, that understand space and theming and how we work with this. And so it's been, it's been quite a, um, quite a, a table of extraordinary skill and voices. We've, we've talked to hundreds of our community uh, members, say, what do you want? What do you need in your community museum? Not just what we're going to give you, you know, be a part of this story. Oh, Kathleen, and, you're uh, amazing. So, you're amazing. Well, well, you're very nice to say, but but this is when people say, "Why is it taking so long?" This is this is why, and and honestly, we couldn't do this without making sure the numbers work. It's like we're going to build this, you know. If you build it, well, they will come. It's like, well, I don't really know. So we brought in AECOM Economics to do a market analysis, a fiscal analysis, and an economic impact study to prove that an open barn and museum will be a massive economic driver, not just for downtown, but certainly throughout the city. You are not going to be able to get through Connecticut without stopping in Bridgeport to see the future barn and museum, or you're not going to be able to get to New York. Yeah. So that's that's a fantastic vision. And what's happening on August 24th, Kathleen? So on August 24th, after 19 years of in the making, uh, we wanted to celebrate with the community, not just do a press announcement, but we decided to bring like all of our cultural partners, you know, to the plaza, the M&T Bank. Thank them for, for allowing us to do this on the plaza right in front of the Barnum Museum in the bank building. We're going to have the Tony Ferrigno band. We're going to have the zoo is going to be here with some some critters and the Discovery Museum. And my goodness, the library, Bridgeport Library, the uh, mobile art mobile. There's just so many people that are going to be here um, celebrating and singing live you know, circus performers and some of our local artists are going to be here. So it's about, it's a really, a thank you to the community for believing in and listening to me for all of these years. No, it's really going to happen. (laughs) And then of course, we're going to have our dignitaries. So so we have a representative from Chris Murphy's Jim Himes is biking it in. He is on a, a, um, a, uh, Oh, I'm sorry. I don't know exactly what the, the cycle ride is from like New Haven's all the way wow. through. He's going to be stopping at the Barnum Museum on his That's bike. Cool. That's very, very <laughs> so, cool. He's been a great champion, so we're thankful. And certainly the mayor and our city council members are going to be here, and our state delegation, who have been remarkable, um, are going to be here uh, to celebrate with us. So please come down. Um, city of Bridgeport is underwriting free Italian ice, and Aquarion is going to be have their water truck, making sure everybody stays hydrated. And uh, it'll, be, it'll be a fun time, and it'll, it, it, it's, it's Certainly the Barnum Museum and my thank you to everybody for getting uh, this. And, and the, the Barnum Museum is the city of Bridgeport's first National Historic Landmark. Amazing. Communities all so over there. So this is this Thursday between 11 and 2 at the M&T Bank. Everybody knows the old People's Bank, and they all know where the P.T. Barnum building is. So just go there. Yeah. It's wonderful. Just go there. Wonderful. Yeah. Kathleen Marr, thank you so much for coming on the show. What a pleasure. Thanks for the history lesson. Yes. And something to look forward to in Bridgeport. We really all look forward to it. And 
as you said, we can check it out on the YouTube channel, which is fascinating as well. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. It was a real pleasure to talk to you. Me too. Kathleen Marr on the Lisa Wexler Show. We'll be right back. Wow, we learned a lot. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at Lisa at LisaWexler.com.